Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Football Film. We've got a banging episode for you today. We have got a Premier League goalkeeper coach in the house, and we're going to be breaking down some of the big goals that went in this weekend. In particular, David De Gea and Bern Leno. We are not happy with some of these goals that have been going in. Man United were absolutely rubbish. Man City, incredibly lucky to get a shambolic 95th minute penalty. Antonio Conte, Crying like a bit of a baby once again. And Arsenal and Newcastle, huge wins. Please put some respect on their goddamn name. Let's get into this. Okay, so on today's show, we have got recently sacked... Sorry, Cuts, mate. Sorry. Cheers. Recently sacked Cheers. Premier League goalkeeper coach Neil Cutler. Cuts, how are you, mate? I'm really good, mate. I'm really good. Nice to see you, mate. Thank, Thank you. you. We've had Cuts on a podcast once before, and if you haven't listened to that, go and give it a listen. It's an absolute battle. The insight, the detail is incredible. And we're going to be talking about some of the goalkeepers playing in the Premier League this weekend and breaking down the goals and why they went in, where they went in, and all that kind of stuff. And as usual, Mark Goldbridge. You right? How are you, mate? Not too bad. We lost, though, didn't we? So. Um. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Were United as rubbish as what everybody thinks they were? Because I've seen some of the highlights and they didn't look like they were particularly brilliant. No, I think um, they were poor. And I know we're going to talk about the goals in a minute, but I, I, I don't want to individualise it. I keep saying this because United are on a rebuild. I think Ten Hag's doing a good job. And there's so many um, poor performances, like you said, from yesterday, from goalkeeper right the way through. I mean, Martinez has been brilliant for Manchester United, adapted to the league so well. He had a bad game. I think the only player to come out of it with any sense of, you know, class was Casemiro and everybody was poor. But I think... 10 players played on Thursday night on, uh, against Sociedad and then two and a half days later you're going to Villa Park, whole week off, new manager. New manager. Villa Park about, is yeah. rocking yeah. and I just, I, I never never thought we were going to win that game. I thought a point at best and where, it's such a shame as well because I think we spoke about Brentford a few weeks ago when I felt after 2-0 down, after 10 minutes, I thought Villa might go and win this 4 or 5 nil. It could be another one of those and I thought if we can, I didn't think we'd win. I was just like, if we can just keep this at 2-0, get a bit of respectability, at least there's something that the manager can work with. We get 2-1, I'm like, a bit of a lucky goal. Second half, I'm like, Villa might get a bit nervous here. You know, what do we do? Straight away again, concede a goal. And then 3-1 down with 35 minutes to go against the Villa team that's had the whole week off. And the the crowd, I was like, that's it. It's over, it's over. So really disappointing, but probably not surprised. And we've just got to... We've got to figure out how to do this Thursday, Sunday thing that's going to be a massive problem for us for the rest of the season. How how tough is that, Kurt, if you're you're a team in Europe and having to juggle that and the Premier League every single week? It's tough because you haven't got enough time to be able to get ready for the next game in the detail that you need, especially like we just spoke about with the bounce back 
Do you know what I mean? They've got the new manager bounce. They've gone a week of detail with the new manager. They're all up for it. You know, like the home crowd, the atmosphere. Villa were always going to fly out the box. Yeah. And, and psychologically, Man United not got time to get ready for that. So just to put a bit of context around it, Kurt was at Villa, um, what, a week ago? You were literally yeah, there a week, a week ago with Stevie today, G, yeah. Stevie Gerrard. Um, unfortunately, new manager comes in and when that happens, it's always a bugger of he will bring his own coaching mm-hmm. staff, all that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, um, been let go by Villa, which is a shambles, by the way, because he's one of the best goalie coaches I've ever worked with. Absolutely <laughs> top class. Um, when you're preparing for a team like Manchester United, how, how would you, what would you have targeted playing against United? Um, obviously, we, firstly, we'll go off the game before and what we need to improve on from the game before as a goalkeeper. Right? And then we're heading into their attacking, what, what they're going to bring of their attacking threats. You know, They've got so much going forward that you have to try and cater for all that. So as a goalkeeping coach, I'll be spending four days on the detail of how they're going to... All their threats, basically. Yeah. How they're going to score. Set pieces. Set pieces, everything. Like, they're attacking, the wide players coming off the line. It's got They've got attacking players, like, so many threats. So you have to deal with all that detail. So that's where you let Emmy know, basically, about anybody that might... Even if it's somebody that might take a pot shot from 40 yards, mm-hmm. keep an eye on him, Emmy, because he does this. He well, what we it. do is... The way it's changed and the way it should change is it's not me standing in a room going... We need you need to do this or you need to do that. All the goalies are coming, and we call it a threat meeting, and it's basically a discussion. So the discussion will be: What do you think about that? What do you think about this? I think that. What do you think that? Rather than it being, you got to do this and you got to do that because of this. Do you know what I mean? It's like Emmy will have different. Emmy loves to talk. He loves to chat. He's like he'll be like, oh, what do you think about this? So it becomes a discussion, and that's the way it should be. Exactly the same with you. It's like it's a discussion. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm having a discussion with you on the best to get the best outcome. Uh, could you see this result coming then? I could a little bit, yeah. I know what the lads are like. I know what the atmosphere is like. As you say, they come off the back of a big game. Uh, the detail of the new manager and the way he set up was fantastic. Speaking to Emmy during the week and the way he changed the formation and the way they played to counter Man United was, was very, very good and very detailed. The way they boxed the midfield, put the midfield and uh, overloaded the midfield, split strikers to get down the sides of the centre-halves. It was like, it was excellent, really good. Emmy played higher up. Yeah, he was more of a quarterback. You know, like he played higher with more confidence. Um, Why is that though? Because is that because Man United aren't necessarily going to press? Well, they pressed with one, so yeah. I think it was, and it's Ronaldo it was easy as well. To play, easier to play around, much yeah. easier to play around. So Emmy, obviously, he's calm in possession. Just played around him so easy. Yeah, um, and the way like a way that. That, that Villa overloaded the midfield with a little, with a box with the two with the two uh, tens coming in, yeah. two sixes. Just couldn't get. Just you said get you said that. Yeah, I, I, I felt like it. it was uh, one versus three. Yeah. I thought Casemiro was the only player that had a good game for United. Yeah. I, and Ericsson, I like him. I'm starting to think it happened against Brentford. It happened against City. Ericsson's great if you've got the ball. And Ten Hag said that after the game, we, we, we played to have the ball. But if you haven't got the ball, he doesn't win many interceptions. He's not very physical. And Donny van der Beek was invisible. So it, that's most games are won and lost in the midfield, aren't they? Exactly right. Exactly. So. Then in the build-up, they were having to push, uh, I think it was the right-back in. Delo, yeah. Delo had to, had to come in, which then left the three. And then the two quick strikers, split strikers, were just getting down the sides like with pace. And that's... Fill your boots. And he's just, just a clever manager. He's, he's, a, he's done his a few times. I mean, it, Villarreal. Yeah. Man United played them a lot. We lost, lost in the finals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's... I'm interested to see what he's going to do because I thought Arsenal was a big job for him but Villa might just be the right level for him to go in if he's given time a bit of money he's a very good coach detail and money all yeah. alright I want to talk about um, 
the first two goals, okay? So let's start it off with um, Leon Bailey's goal, all right? So I saw this goal like most people did, and the commentator, when it goes in, oh, what a finish, lovely finish. De Gea could do nothing about it. I disagree with that, right? I disagree, Neil, where I think there's a million things that David De Gea could have done a little bit better to give himself the best chance of saving it. So tell me from your perspective exactly how that goal went down. So, like, you tell me. So De Gea, I think De Gea's a top-class goalkeeper, by the way, so he's very foot-led. Yeah. He's foot-led. His he's starting position's quite high. He saves a lot with his feet. His body weight's normally falling backwards. So... Anything from that distance, and he's foot-led, right, he's falling back, and it's beating him outside the line of his body. You can't be foot-led from a shot that's coming from 18, 20 yards. Yeah. You have to hold your shape for longer. You, and you've got time to get down with your hand, basically. We spoke about it a lot yeah. when we worked together, didn't we? We were like, because you're semi-foot-led, semi-foot-led, and you made unbelievable saves. And we'd always have that, because it's a grey area between goals, isn't it? Yeah. It's like foot, ha- foot save, yeah. hand save is a real grey area because you're not able to transfer. That's, if, you, if, you, if you'd save with your feet, you're not going to save as many as if you could transfer with your hands. That's... Mm basics common sense so you have to hold your shape for longer so you can transfer and push now it becomes subconscious so De Gea would have tried to save with his feet subconsciously that's not anything else because he's always doing that so subconsciously he's like a foot save foot save foot save whereas it can't always be a foot save yeah. you have to be holding your shape for longer keeping your body weight forward so you can transfer if he'd have led with his hands he would have, he would have caught it not only have saved it, he would have caught it. Yeah, he's, he's fallen back. It, the way I saw it was it looked way too easy to go in in the first place. Yeah. He's, he's got a good strike in it. Bailey's struck it really, really well, but not. he hasn't smashed it. He no. hasn't drilled it in the corner so hard that you go, whoa. Mm-hmm. The problem is David De Gea falls back a little bit too easily and it's like it's just out of the line of his foot save, so his foot can't reach it, mm-hmm. but then he doesn't think first to go with his hand. His exactly. first, his first um, intuition just goes, so go with your foot. And then when subconscious, fall- eh? Exactly. Subconscious. So when he falls back, that's when it looks a problem because you think, mm. oh, if you'd have just gone with your hand in the first place, you're making this. And the, and the big thing with David Haye is so athletic and so agile that he yeah. just if he just worked on his... He's quick as well. He's quick. The that spring, he just worked holding his shape, just keeping his body weight further forward for longer and transferring through the back of the ball with his hand shapes, yeah. he'd save so much more. He yeah. would. He'd naturally do that because he's athletic and quick and agile. So he's just missing these things and, and goals are going in and you think, if only he just... Led with your hands, lead yeah. with your hands more because you're so athletic and this quick. Is, this as, is. As, 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 as a massive David De Gea fan, I've got to say I disagree with you both. And uh, <laughs> I, I can't, can I? I'm in a sandwich here of two yeah. goalkeeping Look, experts. Don't get me wrong, he's, 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 he's very good. And I'll tell you what he's doing a little bit better this season. He's starting to dominate the space a little bit more. Yeah. He's normally bottom of the, the stats yeah, when it is, comes yeah. to dominating the space. He's very much a protect the goal goalie. Stay on your line, goalie. He just protects the goal. Yeah. Like, and that's been, I think, one of his major downfalls. Yeah. If he like, if he just kept protecting the space, if his, his starting position was higher, if he came out his comfort zones more, because, again, it's not like he can't do it. Yeah. He can do it. His distribution this year has been so much better than the yeah. last three years as well. I think, yeah. I think the beauty of this sort of goalie chat, right, is that it's not, nobody is saying this is a mistake, yeah? I think with every goal that goes in on a Saturday afternoon, I don't care who you are or where you are or what you are as a goalkeeper, right? You, never, you don't have to say it's a mistake, but there's always something you can do better. I promise you, right? Somebody could beat you from 40 yards and it will go top corner, crossbar in, crossbar in five times, right? It doesn't matter. There's something that goalie could have done 
to be a little bit better prepared or in a more optimal position to get a better chance at making that save. And this is the thing with Emmy, Emmy Martinez, right? He's, he's the best and the worst because he'll go, we'll sit in a debrief and he'll go, I should have done better. I've got to do better. I've got to save it. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to lose weight. That high. He standards that high. He believes he should be saving everything. Really? So he's like, and he's typically South American. So he's always all like, oh, I've got to save it. I've got to save it. I've got to, what can I do? What can I do? And then, then you have to kind of bring him down and go, come on, mate. Do you know what I mean? We can change this. Yeah, we can yeah. do that. But he's like, I've got to save. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to be the best. I've got to like, and then you just have to try and bring him down. All right. Then let's talk about the second goal then. Okay. Because when we were walking in it, you said something outrageously interesting about yeah. uh, the wall and about how far away um, Villa players feel the wall has been and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, you explain, you explain. Well, at Villa, we've got a very good detail set piece coach, right? He has track. Have you heard of Trackman? Yeah. Got with golf and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's coming to football now. He's got he's got Trackman and he's got uh, his own analyst and the detail they go into a set piece is phenomenal. Phenomenal. So, we're doing. They're doing all this detail. The players are doing the free kicks. It's hitting the back of the net and scoring. Because you've got some seriously skilled some, set piece some unbelievable takers. set piece takers like Buendia, Coutinho, Luis, Luis. Wow, off corners, phenomenal, Louise. like talented players. Right, so it's coming into games and they're hitting the wall. It's like constantly hitting the wall. So coming, I think it was Forrest and Steve Gerrard's coming afterwards. He's gone. What? The, what the hell is going on? Like you're doing all this and and. Set piece coach Austin's getting it in the neck. What are you doing? You know what I mean? It's like do all this work, all the trap man, we've got everything. You keep it in the wall. Like it's a waste of time, we're wasting our time. And I could obviously it's frustrated. So we have a come in the next day, we have a meeting, and Austin's like, I can't get my head around this. So he goes away, comes back, and he goes, the the, the actual distance of the wall. So I think um when the refs stride it out, yeah. it's something like 0.8 yards in general, right? So instead of it being a yard step, it yeah. becomes 0.8. Shorter. But so that's shorter, but they're yeah. not even doing that. And they're not actually stepping out the 10 yards. So it's like they're, they're only stepping out eight, yeah. plus it's 0.8. So it becomes six, seven yards. So it's not far enough back. Instead of being 10, it ends up being about six. Six, six yards. Wow. So no wonder they're hitting the wall. It's like, so he's had a chat with the referees. Referees have the manager has Stevie G has no. He's actually oh, yeah, set, the, Austin yeah, okay. set piece coach has spoke to the referees and the referees now are actually bringing the wall back and making sure it is exactly ten yards. So Twelve yesterday. But the issue now you've got is that people are conceding more. So instead of so I'm I'm thinking well you've stitched me up here because <laughs> we've, it's, it's worse for us than it is yeah, for you. Of course, yeah. So you want to score more, but also we've got to keep them at the back of the net. So we're yeah. seeing it later. Yeah. So we've got all these technicians that are hitting the target. Right, and it's hard. It's harder for us, isn't it? It's like got more world class players more world than ever. They're getting it over the wall now, and that's a that's a typical like the other day. That that is typical of how it's going to be now. There's going to be so many more free kicks going in because the wall is further back. Well, I think general. the thing was, yeah, in in the in the game, it looked like the wall was about twelve yards. It looked like it was a good old distance away. Good distance, and the ball doesn't go in in the top corner. The, the ball- issue now is it's got you put four in the wall from there, and yeah. I'm thinking. Do you need four in a wall from there? I'm yeah. not sure, but a, a goalie as athletic as he is and how powerful as he is, I think you've got to back yourself a little bit more. Because coming with no Stick pace. three in, so you've got a better chance at seeing it. Well, from the angle, it's got, it's got, you can't go straight. You've got yeah. to whip round it, so it gives you more time. You've got, you've got more time to see it, yeah, because of where it is. And you don't need four in a wall. You're killing yourself. So you think that was his problem yesterday? Is he's got too many people in the wall, which gives him too little time too to react. Time he to can't see it. see it. Yeah, yeah. And then he doesn't really. And then the execution of it. 
he doesn't really seem to sort of push off, does no, he? No. Like I say, it... when you've only got a split second to see it, you, you learn and you work so much in training where you go one step, bang, yeah. and you just get after it. Mm-hmm. And it looked to me like he got the he got a sort of a half a step in, but the, it wasn't a full step, so he couldn't push off properly. And then there's no strength at range. He gets a t- tiny little finger on it. It's too but late. Also, you want that. You want to offer him the right hand side, really, don't you? Because yeah. It takes more time from that angle there. It takes more time. You see it for longer. To go that way. To go to your right. So you don't want to be too far to your right and off of the left. Cover the left and off of the right because then you've got more time, especially athletic and quick and agile. You're going to get there. So so what do you make of... um, So uh, uh, if you've seen this clip, we'll put it on on screen now. Um, And if you're watching this, right, so I I sent it to you last night. It's of Emmy Martinez, okay? Mm -hmm. He is... um, He's basically on the halfway line when this free kick's about to be taken. What is he doing? What is he doing right there? For starters, Emmy is like... um, When you're working with him, he got made vice-captain at the start of the season, right? And it's like Emmy being the vice-captain, he's like, everything, right? I need to... I need to do everything now. I need to. I need to coach the players. I need to, you know, tell them what to do. I need to. Like he's so like enthusiastic yeah, yeah. and driven, busy. And, <laughs> or busy, whichever way you want to say it. But in a good way, because yeah. he's so driven and so motivated to win and so motivated to be the best. Like so, he's like, he's a, he's, he's, he's pissing people off a little bit. Do you know what I mean? He's annoying people. So you have to bring him down and say, no, I mean, concentrate on yourself and let yourself be the leader. Let what you do. Your leadership will, will come from what you do on the pitch. Don't be, you know, like getting, getting involved, involved in too else's. much. Yeah. So then he become the actual captain, right? So it's then, right, bringing him down again from that. Just keep doing what you do. Don't have to change anything. Don't have to be the be-all and end-all. Yeah. This is a good thing, by the way. He's just eager. He's, oh, he's just brilliant. eager and he's he brilliant. wants to help the team. Yeah. 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 And it's a like totally different, like, culture, culture-wise. It's like... English players, South American players, French players, they're all different in their culture, aren't they? So they'll all like different things. He likes to be proactive and, you know, we can do this, do that. And and it's really good. Like, he's brilliant with it. But a couple of the English players or the French players were just like, you know, it's too much. Calm down. It's too much, calm down. But he's, he's, he's brilliant in terms of his energy and his enthusiasm and his, and his drive. So that's typical him. What, so what is he doing in this clip then? What is he, he, just, what is he moving So you've got about? the wall, right, and he's just... He's just, he can see what De Gea can see. Yeah. So he's standing by it. So, and he's just telling our block. Yeah. Your two players. Block, yeah. <laughs> just to move slightly, just so they, mm. they so De Gea can't see the ball. To it. cover that so De Gea can't see the ball. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I love it. The way he just Brilliant. runs off, boom, goal. Yeah. And he's, I know for a fact he's buzzing his tray off at that yeah, point there. His energy's fantastic. Um, we're going to move on in a minute. I just want to, f- um, I want to talk about Jacob Ramsey. Just how, how good of a player is this kid? Because you've got your thoughts on it, Mark. Yeah, I have. I think um, I think he's been not very good this season, to be kind. He played against us twice in January, and I, I called him out. I said, I think he's brilliant. Yeah. I've been disappointed, not really heard much about him this season. And then I said in our preview, I'm a bit worried about Jacob Ramsey. And then he goes and adds the game he had in January. So I'd, I'm just wondering where he's been for the last few weeks. Is, he, is, it, is it just difficult the JJ. consistency? Yeah, no, JJ's difficult because he's not, he's not really been given. Because we've changed formation, changed managers, not been given a role. Mm-hmm. He's like, his position's been all over the like shop. 10, mm-hmm. 8, 6, what is it? It's like diff- really difficult for him. And he's a natural player, can play anywhere. Yeah. But not really been bedded down with a position. Because our formation's changed all over the place, you know, like the way, obviously, it's like Steve liked to play with two tens and very narrow, um, and he played probably one of the three midfield players in behind that. Um, 
it's just been difficult for him. You know, he's not really yeah, found yeah, a position, yeah. but he's a pure natural talent. When, like, when, basically, when he finds a position that yeah, works for him, he'll be flying. Just like, drilling on that, yeah. stay on that, settle on that, exactly and then right. that's it. You'll With the new manager coming in, hopefully he will get a position yeah. where he can just bed down. You know yeah. what it's like. Yeah. You need to get that momentum and you need to get that feel, don't you? Yeah. He's just been playing in too many different positions, but if you need a, like, if you need a ball carrier, strong, quick, like... Brilliant. Really, really I've, I've been really impressed with him, but it's only when he plays against United. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Stop it's, just, it. like, yeah. it's been really difficult. Yeah. Really difficult. Yeah. Just doesn't know where he's going to play. Um, love it, lads. Uh, it's time for what you're wearing. Okay, we're going to go with uh, Mark Goldbridge first because Neil Cutler has bought in the worst shirt ever, <laughs> and you'll see why in a minute. Um, Mark, <laughs> I've worn it before. Mate, this is giving me um, this is giving me Pauline's vibes. Yeah. It's got Cantona on the back. Okay, it's Cantona vibes, then that's what I meant. Yeah. No, 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 Paul Ince wore it. Um, I believe it's the first kit we had when we won the Premier League away. Uh, when we won the Premier League. So I think it was like 92, 93 or 4, around that area. Used to, I had the pair of shorts as well. And I've gone because it's getting a bit cold. I'm not like you. I've gone for the old winter look that You're I used to wear. You're not a sweater, you are. You don't yeah, wear it over a jumper. Um, Kurtz, please show off. So, so what I always right. do is I, I always ask the guests to bring a shirt in, like bring an old shirt in, mate. You know, something you've wore back in the day or something like that. This is what he bought in. Have a look no, at this. Listen, I've got to explain myself here, right? My parents got all my tops. Yeah. Right. Not a chance to pick any up. So, literally, my boy Charlie had this in his room, and I'm thinking, right, this this kind of is kind of my favourite area of Stoke. Yeah. To be fair, just I left them in a championship. They got promoted to the Premier League, um, but. You don't like, know who it is. I think who was it? Was it Simmonson? Yeah, number fourteen, maybe. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around that, wasn't it? So where would you have got it from then? No idea. <laughs> I've no idea. <laughs> Bought it off eBay. <laughs> but yeah, like when you said about you know like bring a top from your playing days, like the Stoke era for me was yeah. where I your played pump. most of my games. You yeah. know, we got promoted. Um, so it was my fondest memories of playing. Got a special was, place in your special heart. Special place mate. in my heart. Yeah. yeah so Lecoq Sportif, by the way, do Lecoq Sportif sponsor many teams nowadays? Are they still like? I think are they going? Like, I don't think so. they're tennis, aren't they? Are they? Are they? Yeah. I think so. I don't, know. Um, I don't know. But that's why I bought that because you know that's my fondest memory of when I played. So um, me and Cuts used to play together, by the way, at Stoke, and I remember uh, Cuts back in the day, like. Remember the silver like yeah, shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like yeah. a green version and a silver yeah, version yeah. kind of thing. They were actually pretty nice shirts, weren't oh, they? Yeah. I was hoping you were going to bring one of them in, but you bought that. <laughs> anyway, um, right, let's talk about Spurs and Liverpool. I said at the beginning of the show that um, Antonio Conte being a bit of a baby. I'm just going to, put, again, put some more context around this. He's done this already, by the way, and I don't like this, OK? Because they've lost the game 2-1. Um, Spurs... Yeah, they were a little bit unlucky. You know, they hit the post, hit the crossbar. They had some other chances. Um, but after the game, Conte comes out and he says, you know, basically, if the fans are going to keep booing like they're booing, then we'll have a look at it at the end of the season. I'm thinking, hang on a minute, mate. Hang on. Um, I think, personally, you're lucky to be manager of Spurs. I think Spurs are doing you a bit of a favour. So I don't see how you can come and say that about Spurs. Spurs are monster, aren't they? Come on. I think that uh, I've said it for a while, and I know a few Spurs fans as well. That's not Spurs. Like I, I know they don't win anything, but they they have got an identity of playing a certain brand of football. I, I've watched them twice this week, Marseille and Liverpool, and they start the game ridiculously defensive. They concede goals, and then they go. They remind me of England, actually. Harry Kane must be thinking he's on a busman's holiday. It's like deja vu because they they they, they set up so defensively. And then they go 2-0 down and then it's like England against Germany the, the other month. And then they go for it and you go, 
you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. Liverpool were under the cosh in the second half. So I think Spurs fans have got every right to moan about the brand of football they're getting because they are going to drop. I think they've lost their last three, four, three out, out of four. four. Three out of four they're going to drop out the top four. And then it's a bit like when United had Mourinho. You take it because you think you're going to win the league and it's that's the, that's the buy-off, isn't it? Yeah. They're going to drop out the top four and they're playing rubbish football. And teams like... Um, Liverpool and certainly Arsenal, then their biggest rivals are doing it the right way. I, I, I don't think he will sign a new contract, but I don't think he's got the power. I agree with you. I think he's. I think Spurs fans are starting to go. We want more than this. Yeah, that is the trade-off, isn't it? It's mm. like you either want to see good football. You know, do you know what I mean? It's like, and you it might not win stuff, or you see average and win stuff. Mm. So it's like, but if you're going to be a manager, right? If you're going to be a manager of these top top end clubs. You've got. To, you've got. To, be patient, and you've got to be the one that you've got to be the one that stands up and goes, "Stick with me. Mm. I'm a serial winner. I win things. Be patient because we're going to move forward." Mm. So you can't be coming and going. Lost the game. I'm, I'm, I might not be here at the end of the season. This just doesn't work. It's no, like it's like you've got to be like, I win things. Stick with me. Football might not be the best, but I win things. So stick with me. It's going to move forward. Not uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, it's going to antagonise the fans. I mean, I know a lot of Villa fans and, and they always said with Steven Gerrard that, you know, good manager, but there was always felt like there was... It never quite worked. Like, there, never, there was never really that connection. Whether it's because yeah. of the whole media nonsense about it being a stepping stone to Liverpool, you don't know. Sometimes those things can, can, can be out of your hands. But with Conte... Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a bit of a, an arrogance there. And fans fan, fans are very educated. They're not just going to put up with a manager going, stop booing me or I might go in the summer. They'll go, go now, yeah. yeah. Um, That's a club, by the way. That ground is unbelievable. That's what I'm saying. I think the, with all Spurs we've got going on for them, when I say massive club, I, I, I know they're not necessarily winning things season after season, but if you look at the bigger picture, they have got the ability Massive. to be an absolute monster, haven't Massive. they? What do you make of their season so far, Spurs? Um, like we said, like the, the brand of football has not been great. Um, but they're still there or thereabouts. Yeah. I mean, it's not doom and gloom for them. They've just got to, once they get into it, and I'm sure eventually it, w- it will happen because he's a serial winner. It gets teams winning. So I'm sure they'll be there or thereabouts in the season. Yeah, OK. Um, it's time for my favourite part of the show. I know it's your favourite part of the show as well. It is time for the world-famous 60-second football fill-in. Quizzle, come on, the boys. Right, Neil Cutler. Football knowledge. What are you saying? Average. <laughs> right, so let me let me explain the format. If the name doesn't do it justice, it is a 60-second quiz. Yeah. Um, it's obviously timed, and I will rattle through the questions as quickly as I can. You'll have a mixture of, like, older questions, a mixture of, like, what happened this weekend. Pressure's on. 60 seconds. I'm going to be useless at this. You good to go? Right. Yeah, go on. Um, Mark Goldbridge, by the way, is currently third in the league with six uh, six right. I'm currently top with eight. So that's what you've got waiting for, OK? None here. Um, do you want to give a shout out to Edgar Davids in his barnet kit, by the way? <laughs> Did you get that right last week? Yeah, I got that. that. That's the only one off? I got right last yeah. week. He's, he's a little memento. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, timer. Jiminy, are you ready to go? Ready. Three, Neil Cutler. Two, one, go. What team did David Beckham play for in the MLS? Uh, LA Galaxy. Who scored their first Premier League goal, Premier League goal this weekend for Bournemouth? Uh, I don't know. Have an ear. In which season did the European Cup get rebranded to the Champions League? 2092. Who came on for Leeds on their 19th birthday this weekend? Gnonto. What nationality is Sadio Mane? Um, you can pass, you can pass. Pass. Senegalese. How many games were played on Sunday this weekend? Six. Five. What is the main colour of Nottingham Forest away kit this season? Uh, 
blue. Yellow. There was only one draw this weekend. What match was it? Uh, I don't know. Boris Brentford. Which player was the Italian captain until his international retirement? Maldini. Buffon. How many red <laughs> cards? How many red cards were there this weekend? Three. Two. Oh. Which UK team was the first team to win the European Cup? Uh, Forest. Celtic. Who was the only player to score a brace this weekend? Uh, it was only what? Only player to score a brace this weekend. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that was some bad questions there, by the way. You got, right. in, you got in a roll. You get you to finish. You get to finish, yeah, because you haven't answered it yet, so it's fine. I, I asked the question before the time went, so yeah. you get to finish, right? Take your time, because currently <laughs> you're on one. Yeah? What's one. Is that the lowest point? Which fire? puts you at the bottom of the league, all right? And you will be out on your own if you don't get this right, okay? okay? Who was the only player to score two goals this weekend? Golden Boot winner. Uh, Salah. <laughs> Some bad questions Same there. Same on questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who did them, by the way? Two. They were all. He got two. <laughs> what was the Champions League? 2000? When was it really How are you ever going to get that? It was 93. Were you, yeah. Would you have got that? I'd have gone early Possibly 90s. not, no. There Possibly not. Cutler, you scumbag. Nah, Jamie's a scumbag. No. They were horrific under pressure, them questions. Why does everybody get all pressurised? I hate it. I think it's it. when, you get, what, when it. you get too wrong, your mind just starts, <laughs> just goes, doesn't it? That's what happens. Oh, Neil Cutler, in the mud. You are bottom of the horrific. league. Horrific show. Why have you still got eight? I thought because that was I a rewipe last, reset last week. No. It was double or nothing. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, Don't I think we'll like check that. the tapes. Don't work like that. It wasn't an official one last weekend. Um, have you got eight? I bet them questions are really easy. He writes them, yeah. No, I'm just clever. I'm just smart. Right, right. All right. Um, shambles, Neil. Absolute Yeah, apologies shambles. for that. Um, I've folded under pressure there massively. Right, OK, we want to talk about Chelsea Arsenal, right? So mm. I said at the beginning of the show, somebody needs to start putting some respect on Newcastle and Arsenal's name. Mm. Um... This was a big win at the weekend. This was a big win, yeah? Mm. Away at Chelsea, a statement win, right? And they were genuinely just better than Chelsea, wasn't they? Full stop, they were just better than Chelsea. I thought it was a funny game because Arsenal were a lot better, but then you look at the goal, it's such a terrible goal yeah, to concede. Yeah. Out, that just, it's like a P-roller across the six-yard box. Gabriel must just think, it's my birthday. Oh, Absolutely unbelievable. But the, the, Chelsea were a bit like United when we went there a few weeks ago, first half an hour. You're dominating them at Stamford Bridge in their own half. Um, Arsenal didn't really create that much. But the thing that struck me is that Arsenal have played a lot of games, but they seem to always be putting out the same 11, which must be a great thing for Arteta. One, to, one for Arsenal to have a best 11, because you never could pick it. And now it's fit all the time. And I looked at the Chelsea team and I was like, that don't look good enough to me. It's like a bit of a mix. Loftus of, Cheeks yeah, in there. Yeah, Cucurella at left back. Obviously, Chilwell's injured. Chalaba's playing at centre back. I mean, no, I'm not saying Loftus Cheek and Chalaba are bad players, but I'm like, I don't expect Chelsea to have a starting eleven like that against Arsenal. And I think it's a big job for Potter and I hope they give him the patience. I'm sure he'll get the money, but they are a club that are... Well, Arsenal are a club that are three years down the road, back your manager, exactly give him right. time. Yeah. Chelsea are, what, three weeks down the road. It's, it's, and this is the thing, and this is the discussion. It's like Arteta's had time, he's had money, he's had patience. Not all managers are getting that. No. Do you know what I mean? You have to have that. Unless you're going to throw a ridiculous amount of money in Man City like millions and millions, you're not going to get that straight away. You have to wait. And that's what Arteta's done. He's been through that rubbish patch, got through it, he's got the team in he wants to do, he's got the formation, he's got the style, he's created a philosophy, and it works. So surely, like, you've got owners now should be sitting back and going, right, okay, 
we are going to have to put some money in, but if we're just patient... Follow that model. Follow the model, you know, like, just let a manager come in and create a philosophy and an environment that works, you know, like, and it it does. It's like, it takes time. I think that word there, the environment word, is a massive thing in football. If you've got a manager who... So he's had he's had plenty of like little things that have like tested him and tripped him up along the way. The Aubameyang thing, for example. Mm. But he's stuck to his guns. He's quite. Mm. He's gone. No, I'm Changed not having his goalie. that. Yeah, I'm not having that. I've changed the goalie. I've put, I've implemented and doing what I want to do. And now you watch Arsenal on a Saturday afternoon, and they do the same thing every single time. They're relentless with it. They know a way of playing football, a style. They've got that, and they stick to it, and it's brilliant to see. I think as well. I think fans have got a big part to play in it as well because media. And I, the, I do a lot of fan stuff and I think um, it's great when you see the media getting ripped apart, whether it's a journalist or an ex-pro. Yeah, yeah. That didn't used to be the case. So this fan media thing is great because I think fans have got so much power now. And I think if we sat here and went, well, we've just spoken about Spurs. Do you want to invest in Conte for the next three years? I think that's probably 50-50 at the moment. Do you want to invest in someone like Potter? Yeah, I do. I want to, I, do you want to invest in Ten Hag? Yeah, I do. Arsenal nearly got it wrong. Some fans did want to invest. Some were printing T-shirts. Piers Morgan's there saying, why are you getting rid of Aubameyang? But I think hopefully some fans now will look at their individual club and go, this is the manager. Look at what Arsenal have done. Let's give him... And the board have got to be behind it as well. But fans have got a big part to play as well because you could could easily go, well, why have we got Potter in six months at Chelsea and let's force him out? But I I, I think that would be a mistake. Oh, mate, if Chelsea lose two or three more out of their next three or four games, he's under pressure already. Newcastle next week. Newcastle at Newcastle next week. Chelsea have got a history of... They have a new manager every six, nine months. That's the way it works at that football club. So as fans, they've got to sort of look at themselves in the mirror a little bit and go, no. We're not doing that anymore. We've got to stick with him. Um, identity. The yeah. club has to have an identity. Can't keep switching and changing. It's yeah. How impressed you've been with Aaron Ramsdale this season? Very good. Brilliant. I think he's come on leaps and bounds. He's, he's obviously a, a goalkeeper that's got um, bundles of ability. Yeah. Um, he's, he's calm in possession. His shot stopping is excellent. Um, and... You know, like coming into the World Cup, I think he's got to be getting close to yeah. to starting. Would he be no. your number one for the World Cup? Um, he probably would be for me. He probably would be for me. Yeah. He's, he's got everything you'd want. You know, you when think... he steps into the big games, he's like he's confident, commanding and calm. Do you think that playing for a team at the top of the league and being in form and Europe playing that well. style of football will lend itself nicely to England? Exactly right. But how confident is he to play yeah. night? He'll break lines with passes. You know, he'll protect the space really, really well. It comes for things. And he looks like he enjoys it. Yeah. That's what you want. He's same like, when you played, exactly the same as you. No, in terms of you go out there and just love it. He, he's just got, love it. He's got this, it's like, you know, like Edison and Alisson have that aura about them. They don't yeah, yeah. give a shit, right? They don't care if they make a mistake. It could be in the first minute, 90th minute, they are still going to do the same thing. Rambo's got that about him. He has. It's like a, it's like a I don't know whether it's because he's not clever enough to know that he's not doing that. And I don't mean any disrespect, <laughs> by the way, there, Rambo. <laughs> you do a it's, a, it's a good thing to have that. Yeah. It's that blindness to any of the shit and any of the fuss and the stress and stuff yeah. just does just what comes naturally to yeah, exactly him and right. he, is the, he is a very he's a classic case of a naturally gifted goalkeeper mm. stop the ball going in the back of the net boom that and I always say it confident to the point of arrogance yeah and that's why I'm always, I was always trying to get Emmy to be confident to the point of arrogance and he is that He's bordering on arrogance, yeah. but that's where you want him to be. Oh, that's yeah. when they're like autopilot. Yeah, just like loving it, and yeah. but not but being consistent with it, not up and down. And like yeah. I think Pickford is, is a top class goalkeeper. Don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, but he can be a little bit yeah, inconsistent, true. and that comes down to a lot of detail as well. In terms of his triggers and the way he keeps goal, he can be quite erratic. 
but I think dude, like Ramsdale, he's he's right up there with his consistency. Uh, love it, lads! It's time for champ and chump of the week. Okay, nominations this week then. Uh, Champ of the week, Mo Salah. I've got to throw him in there. Two goals, back to form. Um, If you had him in the uh, FPL this week, well done to you. You scumbags, I had an awful week. I don't want to talk about it. Um, And it seems like every week we seem to be putting this guy into it. But Miguel Almiron, what a season the guy's having. Um, Can I read you out this little tweet that I screenshotted yesterday? It is absolutely world-class, by the way. Um, Not Jack Greenish again, is it? Yeah, it's brilliant. Listen to this, right? I'll put it on screen now. Jack Grealish is out for a leisurely Sunday afternoon stroll when suddenly his phone starts hopping. Mention after mention after on social media and automatically he knows what's happened. (laughs) (laughs) Miguel Almiron has gone and scored a goal and everybody's going, thanks Jack. Um, Yeah, so I'm putting him in there again because he is having a banging season and he just seems to be scoring week in, week out. And finally, third and final nomination this week is Leeds fans. Mm. Leeds fans, right? I don't know if you saw this, but um, a Leeds fan took a picture of his, uh, what they call iWatch. I, are they called iWatches? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, literally they are, yeah. Okay. Um, he, took a, he took a picture of his iWatch and it said, um, basically, be careful. Loud noises have been detected. It will hurt your ears if you stay around this for too long. And that is because he's inside the stadium and it's kicking off because Leeds are scoring last-minute winners and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and it must be an absolute joy to be a Leeds fan at this moment in time because you know you would stay around till the 95th minute of every single game because it's likely you're going to see a goal get scored or two. Um, so who are we saying? What are we thinking of the nominations, first of all? I think I'd go Leeds. Because I don't like Leeds being a United fan, but I watched that winner and I just was like, that's football for yeah, me. That is it. it. The way they broke from 3-1 down, the crowd, you can't, you can't be down on that, no matter, even if they are big rivals. It, it, that's what football's all about. Yeah. Their high-speed running, their distances have gone up since the new manager's come since in. Bielsa. Just, since Bielsa's left. Oh you gosh. thought like, it was crazy, Bielsa, running under Bielsa was, mm. was ridiculous. It's actually now gone up. The high-distance size, high-speed, high-distance has gone even higher. Wow. So it's crazy the way the way they just keep going and keep going. They're just machines. Mate, mm. even if they concede two or three, you know for a fact they get they're in with the chance of scoring two, three, four, five settle. themselves. They never settle. Yeah. Um brilliant. Leeds fans, well done. Well done. Champ of the week. Time for Chump of the Week. Uh, we've got two nominations here. One I've already mentioned a few times. It's Antonio Conte not having the best of time with Spurs. They've lost three out of four and he is threatening to kind of walk again, which nobody likes to see or hear. And also we've got Joao Cancelo, who has ruined an awful lot of people's <laughs> Fantasy Premier League this weekend. Theo Baker on my uh, Instagram, actually, I put a picture up on my FPL team saying, oh, this off to a great start. Harlan's on the bench. Foden's on the bench. Jao Cancelo's just got a red card, absolutely buzzing, and he just messaged me and said, I had him as captain this week as well. So he captains Jao Cancelo. Unlucky. Um, who are we saying? Um, Conte or Cancelo? Oh, I mean, you could do it for FPL, but I, I actually, we were talking about it before. I thought the Cancelo thing technically is a red, but yeah. I just felt it didn't feel like it was a red to me. I mean, I know it is a penalty, and I know it is technically a red, but it, it, it felt like he's just done the old barge. The keeper's very close. I mean, it made the game a bit more interesting. So I would, I, I don't, I, I think Conte for me. I think yeah. Yeah, you I shouldn't be calling your fans out. Yeah, Conte for me. If um, if you're if you're a Villa manager and one of your players um gives away a free kick like that against Cancelo, are you a little bit upset about it? Because I I kind of agree with Mark a little bit here, where I think 
He's given the penalty away for one. He's barged into him. I understand it. It's a foul. It's a penalty. I just think that the player kind of knew it was coming and happily went down with it a bit too much. I think if if that if the the striker hadn't looked and saw Cancelo coming across him and just got absolutely whacked, I could understand the, understand the red card. I just think he kind of knew it was coming a little bit. I could. I just think a yellow card and a penalty is enough punishment there, right? Yeah, it's a bit similar to the De Bruyne incident, right? He gets clipped, he gets a little touch and he goes down. Yeah. Mm. They're, they're going to play for it. They're is, gonna that, try is that a penalty it. in your eyes, by the way? It, it has to be a penalty because they're the rules. Yeah. And it's get just one. against bloody Sancho two weeks ago. It's the same sort of thing. Inconsistency is always the inconsistency. Yeah, that's the thing. But all players, if they just they train for it now. They know it's like as soon as you get a little nick, you're going down no matter what. Oh, you're horrible. going down no matter what. The game has changed, though. It's changed. That's just the way it is now. And we have to just accept it. We have to go with it. it. Well, the, 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 to be fair, like on the opposite side, though, Sessignon for, for Spurs against Liverpool as well. Same mm. sort of thing. Mm. It's a push. Mm. But that one wasn't given. And yeah, I think because the referee didn't give it, yeah, VAR. If he gives it, if the if the referee gives the penalty there, which I think is 50-50, most, some would, some wouldn't, they're not overturning it, are they? VAR's a, VAR, it's a good point. VAR's a waste of time on penalties because the, if you look at that Sancho one that wasn't given, similar to the De Bruyne one, the, the VAR won't overturn it because they want to stick by the referee. Then when the referee gives it, they won't overturn it because they want to stick with the referee. Yeah, so yeah, VAR's yeah. not actually doing its job on penalties. It's there right. to go, well, we'll just stick with the ref. Unless it's unless it's clearly not, they won't yeah. overrule a soft penalty. Neil Cutler, quick yes or no VAR? Yes. Really, mm-hmm. scumbag! Don't do it. <laughs> no. Yes. I think it just gets rid of all those just um, those little things where you think you know, like that, that little bit of injustice for me. Yeah. I know we have to put up with all the rubbish that goes around it. We have to wait. The atmosphere is killed a little bit. But there's been so many times in the past, and I can just just thinking back where you just think. That, that shouldn't have been a goal or that was definitely a goal or, you know, with VAR, it just cuts out that little bit yeah, of... The, the error so is, many times. I can yeah. remember sitting in the dressing room going, looking back at clips on my iPad going, what the hell? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it just... And that just gets rid of all that for me and it, it makes it, obviously, like I say, it kills the atmosphere and it, and it, and it is ridiculous at times, but, you know... It, 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 that grey area has gone, that little bit. Do you know what I would love to see? I would love to see them just give it a go again without VR for three months. Just give it a go for three months, right? And see after that and go, right, that's it now. We're making our decision. Everybody vote on it, yes or no, what you're saying. And just go from there. Because I, I reckon if we went back to it for three months, fans in stadiums, people watching at home, you actually get to celebrate a goal, enjoy it and know it's a goal. And I think people will change their mind and go, you know what, it was, it was better before. It was but better have the refs before. been good enough to be able to cope with that? Do you know I mean, have they been consistent enough at that highest level to go, you know, like the, we feel like the refs are the, the best in the world? Because they need to be, because yeah. the league's no, the best yeah. in the world. Yeah. Have they been consistently good enough to be able to make decisions? Because let's get it right, they actually struggle with VAR decisions. Yeah, and not, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they actually struggle when they're watching it back. So I think they're second-guessing themselves all the time. This, so they've no, they know they've got this like safety net to fall back on kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I think that's a problem. with. But I, I think for me personally, I just I will accept human error. I will. I'll accept human error. But the fact that it kills the game so much is the reason why I was saying no. So, well, lucky you're wrong. Um, <laughs> but we'll move on. Uh, I want to talk about Leicester, OK? I want to talk about Leicester because I'm wearing this shirt in honour of them today. Um, Seb, who works for us, is a big Leicester fan and he was crying into his breakfast every day for the last sort of three months of the start of the season. And now, all of a sudden, they're starting to win games and they are on fire again. But the one I want to talk about is James Madison and... Mm. 
this guy just seems to have stepped it up to a different level because he's always been a player. He's always had ability and he's setting goals up and he scored goals. But in the last six, seven weeks, this guy is on fire. And there's still, which is crazy, a debate around the fact of whether or not he's going to go to the World Cup. Cuts what you're saying. When we talk about Rambo, when we talk about enjoying football, he epitomises that. Yeah. You see him on a pitch and he's smiling, he's laughing, he's just enjoying himself. It looks like he's on the pitch with his mates. Yeah, like a big like kid. Apart. He's like a yeah. big kid. But he's got so much ability. Like if you can if you can bring that player to a World Cup that just just play off the cuff and like has got so much ability to create and score, surely he's got to be around it. You can't dismiss it because he's got you bring so much. He always has, and his consistency level, he's not really ever really done. The the team themselves didn't start the season very well, but in general, he's been been excellent. I think his problem on an England stage is that he kind of plays through the middle a bit more, doesn't he? He's not really an out-and-out winger or wide man or anything like that. Comes off the line, doesn't he? Yeah, he drifts in. But he causes teams problems from doing that. That, That's exactly what I think it is. But I think Gareth Southgate, it's in his head that he just wants to play with these wide players who can swap over and they can all swap over and mix in and all that kind of stuff. That's the only reason why I think he's not going to... Other than the fact that I think Gareth Southgate, deep down, probably don't like him, um, which is probably the reason. I think you've hit as well. I think Southgate's too rigid. Um, I don't think he's a very good coach, to be honest. And I think that he won't get his head around the fact that this is a November World Cup where people are playing last week in the Premier League and then into the World Cup. You're not having a break. You're not having a training camp. He will go, I'm going to go with the players that have got me here. And you're going to miss out on the Callum Wilsons, the the, the Ben Whites, the James Madisons, who are going to basically take the shirt off, put an England shirt on. And I think a few teams will get caught out. I mean, we don't know in the World Cup, but I think a few teams will get caught out by going with the status quo when actually it's the one World Cup where you might want to go with some form players yeah. who are just going to go, I'm ready, let, just put me in the shirt and let's well, play. Well, look at players in a similar, similar sort of position. Yeah, Phil Foden hasn't been really been playing the last few weeks at Man City. Uh, Jack Grealish, in and out. Uh, Raheem Sterling... Doesn't look like he's firing, does he? You've got all these players. Marcus Rashford, again, been scoring some goals, but then he's in and Mason out and he's Mount. up and down. Uh, Mason Mount, exactly. I'm starting him 100%. He's got to go. Kind of different. I went out to watch Argentina train a few weeks ago with Emmy. Emmy was out there and, oh, my God. Really? Like, the standard was phenomenal. <laughs> was phenomenal. It? And you look back and you look and you go... They've, they're on a journey. Like, you can see the togetherness and, like, when we talk about environments and creating environments, they're coming off the bus, music's playing, they're all, like... And you go, wow, they're, like... They've got a go. hell of a chance. They're good to go. They're, they're bubbling them. Is that your hot tip for the World Cup? 100%. Yeah. They are, like... Phew. Different class. Different oh, class. I had this bet with somebody the other day. I can't remember who it was. Some, they had Argentina, I had Brazil, and I think I had a tenner on it or something. Everyone's like going for those two, though. I mean, I, I hope they do. It'd be nice. 2002, last time, a non European club won it. Um, quick one, just give me a little bit of a, a word on Danny Ward. Um, started the season tough. He's got some big boots to fill, but looks like he's come back into that's form a, now. That's a big thing. And, and consistency, do you know what I mean? You, you've got to get momentum to gain consistency. You've got to play games. Yeah. And when you're going in, he's not been playing, like you say, big boots to fill. Going into the Premier League, you're going to have a little bit of a wobble. You're going to have a bit of an up and a down. But now he's starting to get that consistency through playing consistent games, playing week in, week out. Yeah. Now he's getting into a rhythm. And like I say, he takes that little bit, you know, at the start, and then you get yourself into a rhythm, then you're flying. And he looks like he's now in that rhythm. Looks like he's confident. Yeah. Looks like he's now... You know, that's where, where he needs to be at. Yeah, Danny buzzing for you, mate. Well done, pal. Um, it is tough, though. When, you, when you've been your best part of your career as a number two goalkeeper, mm-hmm. it's tough to just go and expect to be able to do it. It's, it's a different way of doing stuff. You, you have to prepare differently every single day of the week and stuff like that. So, no, buzzing for you, mate. Leicester on fire. Man City, um, 
I said again. I said at the beginning. I think it was a. I think it's. I just don't like the way that they get this 95th minute penalty, and it doesn't seem like a proper penalty. It's a bit soft. Um, but to win with 10 men, that's City all over, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, they scored after 15 minutes, didn't they? And I said that's that. Um, Fulham made a bit of a game of it with the penalty. The red card made it a bit interesting, but uh, they're just too good. I mean, you say late penalty, Harland's nearly scored an acrobatic he had an offside had goal offside, yeah. they're, they're not going to lose games like that they're too they're too they're too it good. doesn't matter how many players they've got they yeah. get into positions to receive the ball constantly yeah. and they don't just jog there do they they sprint into it's positions intense, yeah. it's unbelievable oh. and they can play anywhere yeah so it's like a center half stepping in or wingers coming in off the line and, and interchanging and they're just so confident and comfortable in possession. It doesn't, it doesn't change. Deep yeah. down, right, when you play Man City, so when you were at Villa and you were playing away at Man City at the Etihad, right, deep down, did you always have this feeling going into the game thinking, please don't let this be seven or eight. <laughs> it's the please only don't. team. It's, it's the only, only team, team, right? Against Liverpool, obviously you've played against all these big teams. Against Liverpool, you've got a chance. You've got a chance. Yeah. Man City, when they turn it on and they go, when they're on it, you're going, wow. There's like, nothing like it, wow. is there? Like, and we spoke about last time we drew one all at home. And the only way to really do it is to kill the momentum. Because once they're in momentum, they're like a steam train. You can't stop them. So we just, as much as possible, once you just kill their momentum, then they start once to argue. Sort of disrupt the game. Disrupt stop the it, game. Stop, stop it. it. Like, you've got to do everything you can yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah. and they start to, well, they're not quite sure about, like, they're not like, they're all getting arguments and like they struggle with it yeah. they can't deal with it so you have to try and as much as you can disrupt the rhythm because that's, that's I can guarantee you then I'm buzzing you said that because I'm guaranteeing you every single goalkeeper or goalkeeper coach up and down the country going into a game against Man City will feel exactly the same thing it's mad isn't it yeah, it's crazy. a horrible feeling Mark seriously. our threats meeting was about two hours long <laughs> <laughs> I was rocking the call like, oh. I'll tell you though the worst feeling I've ever had in my football career 18 minutes gone Away at Man City, 5 0 down. Is that Watford? Watford. 18 <laughs> minutes what gone. Did it finish? Horrible, isn't it? Um, eight it finished. Mm. But I was doing the maths, mate. I'm thinking, so this is going to be a new world record. It's going to be 16 <laughs> 0. Um, but I was thinking, and then I was thinking, but if we're 18 minutes in, that's like a fifth of the way through the game, then that means it could be about 20 0. Or, oh, oh mate, it's frightening, isn't it? They took their foot out of the gas, thank God. Um, just want to talk about Brighton, up to sixth in the league. Fantastic 3 2 win away, by the way, at Wolves. Um, it just seems to me that they've got a start a way of playing now that's like that's their identity they could change the manager sell players it doesn't matter they just seem to know what they're doing yeah yeah we spoke about this earlier didn't we and I think that's a, what it's all about and that's where clubs should be heading with that blueprint yeah create your identity stick with it and if the manager changes he comes in but he stays with doesn't the change same, anything really it doesn't change nothing changes and that then that what happens is you create that from the academy all the way up to the first team yeah. so the players are coming through and are coming in and getting into your under 21s and coming into your first team understanding what the philosophy is and they just slip in seamlessly whereas different managers change different thoughts different ideas players like what are we what what is the identity of the football club now brighton have got the strict identity you know what they're all about you know how they're going to play it doesn't matter the manager changes he comes in it's like this is this is our identity this is what we're all about i think it's fantastic i think yeah. it's i think it's really good and i think that's how a lot of clubs should be heading now uh beautiful what else would we have we had uh forest two brentford two um talk to me about that dean henderson penalty have you seen it um player skips by him comes out to you as yeah player skips i think by in that him. game we, talk, we spoke about penalties earlier there could have been three or four penalties in the game yeah. i think I think he was a bit naive. I don't think he needs to put his hand out. No, there was no need. And it was kind of one of those... It's like to slow him down or something. Like I don't know why weird, you were doing it? that. But 
Hendo can be a bit like that, can't yeah, He can yeah. be a little bit like, you know, like his head's all over the place. A You're a big bit. fan of him, aren't you? Well, the, the second goal, I mean, I I'm not the goalkeeping expert here, but I might have it on something. He keeps doing this. He, he sort of comes to the halfway house. He runs out and stops, and the keeper, you'd mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, just lofts it over him. Yeah. If he stays a bit, you were saying the other week he's got more of a decision to yeah, make. Yeah, if he yeah. fully commits... And probably well, I think it's his away. starting position to start with. He was too deep to start with when... I think if, if the, from where the ball was played, he has to be outside his comfort zone a little bit more. He has to be more on the front foot. Like, and I think the same happened with Laris the week before when he came yeah. out. Um, you've got to be more... Your position in relation to the ball has to be higher from there. Well, they concede the a lot of goals over the top, don't they? So yeah. you know it's coming. He needs to be sweeping a bit more, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. I remember back in the day, Kutch used to say to me all the time, you can be a step more than you think you can. So yeah. like, automatically inbuilt in goalkeepers is... You want to go, you always try to go the safer side kind of thing. But I remember Cuts coming in and going, you can be another step further out than what you used, than what you want to do. It doesn't come naturally, but when you actually work on it and get it in your head and think, all right, cool, I'm going to do that. Phew, the amount of things you find that you're able to do and come and get and take and sweep up, it's incredible, isn't it? It stops that little bit of like shallow shot. Yeah. Right? You're when you're in it. your comfort zone, yeah, yeah, it's like you either you are or you're not. Mm. When you're in that comfort zone, it's like, Whoa, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. get out of your comfort zone, you're either coming or you're not. When you're in your comfort zone, it's like, shall I, shall I? And I think that's, I think if you're going to sit deeper, which is what, what Hendo did, I think that's what it's going to cause. You're going to get caught in the middle a little bit. Uh, big win for Palace away at West Ham. That puts them um, uh, up to 10th. We've got our naughty little wall chap on there. 10th Palace, well done, absolutely cooking now. Uh, and finally, before we go, just got to talk about Newcastle, lads. I said at the beginning of the show, people start to need to start putting some respect on their name. And they are showing everybody now that they're a genuine, genuine contender for top four, right? Mm, not sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> not, they are flying, don't get me wrong. We played against them last week. Well, Villa played against them yeah. last week. And they were... Once no, it they was got, you. You were there yeah. then. You were there. <laughs> Villa, well, Newcastle, once they got on top, with that atmosphere, it's like, pff, they are they're confident, yeah. they're at it. They're obviously really well coached. Whether they can sustain that over a whole season, I'm not sure. But definitely their improvement's been phenomenal and they've got some really good coaches within the backroom staff. So yeah. I'm just not sure whether they've got the capabilities of staying with your, your Arsenals, your Tottenham's and your big teams around that. I think if they beat Chelsea next week, I think that's a big game. But I do agree, I think it's the weekend where Arsenal have been realised as title contenders by all the doubters. And I think Newcastle have to be in the top four race because they will spend in January, which we would talk about on the United stand. I think that's huge. They're not playing midweek in Europe, so they will be fresh. And I think, I think they've got the confidence and the home support and the away I mean, they've been to Fulham and smashed them. They've been to Southampton and smashed them. So they're getting the results. I think, I think, um, I think it's going to be a very interesting second half of the season. And do you know what also they've got? They've got the bank balance to be able to go and buy mm. anybody they want yeah. in January. I, I can't believe this. People are talking like Newcastle, like they're underdogs. Let's get behind them. I'm like, as soon as they're in the top four, that's two spots gone forever. Man City are never coming out of the top four. Newcastle will never yeah. come out. They are the two richest clubs in the league. So let's all get behind Newcastle. But once they get in the top four, it's, that, there's only two spots left. Big shout out to our boy Nick Pope. You're the man. Kieran Trippier, you are my fantasy Premier League legend of the season. Miggy Almiron, Guimarez, 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 Guimarez. Proper team. Uh, before we go, finally, just want to talk about. Um, I don't know if you saw this tweet from uh, Gabriel. Okay, so Arsenal have just won against Chelsea, and he puts this tweet out. Naughty. So cuts. Um, when uh, Aubameyang signed for Chelsea um, a few weeks back, he's basically coming out and saying all these strange things like, you know, London's blue and I'm back and all this kind of stuff. And then 
Gabriel put, wins the game 1-0, puts a tweet out, nothing personal, London is red. So he is definitely winning our shithouse of the week. We've got a couple of nominations quickly. Yuri Tielemans, who I think is a no-brainer for it, to be honest with you, and also Ben Rama at West Ham, because the one about West Ham, right, is he gets it out of his feet, and you know when players do this and they're on the edge of the box 20 yards out and they get the ball out of the feet and think, go on, go on, give it some. He gave it some, absolutely <laughs> rocketed in. But we've got to give it to Tielemans, right? Tielemans strike one, believe, boy. Beautiful, weren't really it? Really good. Top, top, top corner. Really good. What would you say about Pickford there? Can he do any better there? Uh, no Yuri Tielemans goal of the week well done geese as always thank you for watching thank you for listening this has been the football film we will see you all next week